This is a tripod broadcast. You're listening to Barnhill Outdoors Podcast. Just three average, raw, relatable hunters sharing tactics, tips, and stories. No scripts. So just sit back and enjoy the reliving of outdoor memories and their pursuit for a new adventure. Welcome back, everybody. We are Barnhill Outdoors Podcast, and it's been a few months. Been a long few months. A uh, few months. Yeah. Holy smokes. We po- didn't post last. Last was post was uh, early November, sadly. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff that happened in between now, but uh, we're back here, and we actually have a awesome guest with us today. Yeah, very special guest with us today. Uh, Ethan, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Ethan Gooch. I'm from just a little bit north of where these guys are from. Um, you guys probably know me from just being the intern with the hunting public. Um, but yeah, that's probably how most of you guys know me. But I just like to hunt, and these guys like to hunt and be outdoors. So I'm sure, we're going to talk about some of all that today. Yep. Oh, I thought we were talking about politics today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to go there. No, that's a dark I'm over hole. There. That's a dark hole. <laughs> Awesome. So, Ethan, I was, uh, we didn't really have a, a formal plan for everything. We're just going to be kind of off the cuff. Uh, we'd like to get to know you. I know you kind of introduced yourself a second ago, but um, Corey's been telling a lot about kind of where you've been and what you've been doing. It's really pretty interesting. And uh, I, I don't know, I just like the, the whole scene you're in. So, I guess uh, we'll start from birth and we can work your way up. From... <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, so, uh, I guess uh, the first question I have, and we can go around the table if we got other questions, is what got you started? What like your passion with recording and all that stuff, and like how'd you uh, how'd you get into the industry, man? So um, I've always kind of grown up hunting. Um, my dad and grandpa took me hunting, but it's not something that they do all the time or anything that I, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a hobby of theirs. Um, my my dad likes to deer hunt occasionally, you know, occasionally waterfowl hunts, but was nothing that they really took seriously um i grew up playing sports a lot more than i i hunted and then i remember my dad took me deer hunting the first time i was probably six or seven and uh started going duck hunting and as soon as i was doing it i just i wanted to go um anyway got my hunter safety i remember when that i had to turn 14 to get my hunter safety and i got it and then I, i really started hunting all I could. And I, I think the main reason I really liked it was because it was something I could learn completely by myself. And, um, I loved YouTube and I watched YouTube and that's how I learned to hunt and, uh, just started going as much as I possibly could. Um, when I started driving is when I really started getting into waterfowl hunting. So the last five years, waterfowling has been my main thing. As far as videoing goes, um i've just always really had a passion for youtube i remember when youtube really first was a thing and i had an ipod and i would just sit and watch hunting and anything outdoors on youtube and i think originally the passion was as oh i want to be like those guys you know i want to you know if, if you're gonna hunt you might as well take a camera um so i just started with my my parents old camera and i just really grew um to liking having the camera and capturing what was going on in the hunt um and i was able to you know show my parents or show my brother what was going on while i was out there instead of just describing it to them so started doing that um didn't really get a nice camera until probably two years ago 
started taking it pretty serious when I started college because I had the time to take it serious um, and really started fil um, filming stuff. Um, and I, I thought, okay, this is decent. You know, I'm learning how to, how to do it. And then I guess it was last early spring, about this time last year, um, I applied for the hunting public internship and, um, was lucky enough to get it. And then obviously I've learned a ton from there, but, yeah, no kidding. um, I never thought the video part would get as far as it has. <laughs> I thought, you know, the hunting would always be my main thing, but. Yeah, I'm much more worried about the video now than I am the hunting. Yeah. Did you expect uh, to get picked when you submitted your video, or what was your reaction when you got the phone call? Yeah, I, that was that was pretty crazy. Um, I've done a couple other question and answers like this, and that that's not a question I've ever been asked. <laughs> I I remember Sorry. my my. But no, that's great. My buddy was sitting right here and he, you know, he told me to submit an application. I was the first one to submit. Ted told me I was the first one to submit my application. And I, I told John, I was like, this is never going to happen. You know, I just <laughs> was like, sure, there's hundreds of people that apply for it. And, uh, sure enough, the next day at like 830 in the morning, I got a call from Ted and he's like, Hey, your application looks really good. And we just started talking and it, it just went from there. But I, it's weird going from just being a fan and not really knowing these guys to just getting a phone call and all of a sudden thinking, Oh, I could be a part of this. You know, yep. that's yeah. a weird feeling. I do know that feeling very well. Yeah. That's yep. crazy. I've been there. You watch somebody for a long time and then all of a sudden you're filming for them. You're, I mean, you get the, you get the leg shake, like the old Gooch leg shake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a weird feeling. And, um, I, I just say the weirdest part is, it's not that they're different from what they are on the show. It's just, um, you know, you can't capture every aspect of a person's personality through a camera, especially while hunting. And so just meeting the guys and, um, you know, figuring out if I was going to get the internship or not was a cool and fun experience. Yeah. Sure. And uh, how long exactly is the internship for? Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of questions about this. You, There will probably be an announcement on their social media um around the end of january about the next internship application oh, okay. process um but you can apply uh, they'll have directions as far as that go but the internship was from uh right after july 4th pretty much until i was there till like the day before christmas so five or six months that's oh that's great yeah yeah that's awesome Corey, did you uh have any questions for me? yeah um so what are you going to school for is, is it film or something else no. Um, so that's why I kind of said I, I never expected it to go too far. I think I was a, like a lot of the guys that may be listening or um, just a lot of guys in general that hunt now. There's a lot of guys that carry a camera around when they hunt. I think it's awesome. Um, and I think the more we can get, um, you know, hunting media out there and show what it's really like is uh, only beneficial to the outdoorsmen. But I had always just carried a camera around. I, I actually was am still really interested in agriculture sciences. Um, I had worked at a, a research farm for the University of Missouri doing uh, crop research for the last three years. I'll probably work there again this summer. Um, that's what I'd always done. So I'm studying ag science with a minor in business. Um, had no real technical knowledge of how to run a camera or how to edit a video or anything like that. So um Definitely wasn't going to school. Did not think it was a career opportunity. And now in six months, that's kind of completely changed. So <laughs> That's cool. You know, I I 
figured out the hunting public probably two, been two years, three years ago. I didn't even know you could watch hunting shows on YouTube. That's how far behind I was. Like I was filming and everything was either on the outdoor channel, sportsman channel and pursuit channel. So that was the big three, you know, obviously outdoors, outdoor channel was the big one. And I used to edit for some of the outdoor shows too. And, uh, didn't even think to look on YouTube for an outdoor show. And then I moved into a house and I didn't have satellites. So I just started YouTube and, uh, hunting shows. And that's when I found Midwest Whitetail. And that's when I first saw Aaron and Zach and Greg on Midwest Whitetail. And then of course, like a year or so later, they got, they split off and got their own show. But, um, had I known that YouTube would, was such an avenue for the hunting show, could have been done a, this a long time ago. Yeah, should have done this a long time ago. We're because we're at that age. We're about the same age as you know Aaron and those guys. Right. So yeah, we could have been looking pursuing that a lot more than we did. I mean, with you know the outdoor channels, you're paying seven to twelve thousand dollars a week just to air your show. Crazy. You can upload your uh, show for free on YouTube. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah. It's weird now, um, you know, I was talking to Aaron before I started my own YouTube channel and it's weird now I Aaron Aaron calls it a, a saturated space and it, it is. There's a lot of people now on YouTube that are posting um, you know, anything, hunting podcasts, hunting videos, um what, you know, whatever, hunting related content. Um and like I said, I think it's great, but uh I'd say the opportunity to grow uh opportunity for growth is not what it was 10 years ago when there was four or five guys doing it. Yeah, you not know, even five years ago, bro. You know, the curve. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, even Absolutely. five years ago. <sighs> yeah. But it's just like the other market was, though. It got so saturated with the same show over and over and over again. I filmed for a few different shows and edited for a few different shows, and eventually they just all felt like the same show. I mean, it was all the upbeat fast you know it almost like a montage of deer video you know deer walking in and then all of a sudden it gets quiet and then you hear the shot and then the music goes up again and, and the, the hero shots, heartbeat. Yeah. the hero shots seemed really fabricated and that's why i think what your show gucci tv and shows like the hunting public and some of those other shows uh, resonate with so many people because they get tired of that the commercialized hunting and that's why uh those shows are taken off i feel yeah. like people can relate to them that's going to say relatability because not everybody has you know five thousand acre farms with <laughs> huge bucks so they can know or bedding in their that area and they can watch them for five or six years and then go oh today's the day to kill them <laughs> you know right. so it, you can relate to the hunting public who are going on public land where anybody can go yeah. and they make it work so it's it's pretty cool to see. So to that point, Brett, and I was going to ask you, Ethan, uh, is that kind of the philosophy that you've kind of uh, taken on? Like, like just keeping it simple, you know, keeping it, I call it primal, just like back to where it should have been. Like, is that kind of something you do or like you want to continue on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I talked to Aaron and then uh, I talked to Greg the most about as far as far as the camera gear and the filming and then the editing. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, Greg edited for Midwest Whitetail for whatever, seven or eight years. I mean, he was, um, kind of the, the go-to guy for that style of, uh, show and now is transitioned into doing the more, um, relatable content, mm. um, if you will. But, 
when I talked to Aaron about making my show, he was asking me what I wanted to do. And I just, I told him I want to carry a camera and just film everything I do. I've never been, I mean, waterfowl is my main thing, but I will hunt anything. I'll go do anything outside. I mean, there's just not a whole lot that I'm not up to go do. And, um, that was kind of my mission statement, I guess, as far as my channel wins. I just want to carry a camera around and show people the different opportunities that they can have, um, hunting or just doing things outside. And so I think the best way to do that is just be relatable, um, not act like you know it all. And, uh, I, I say in a lot of videos, I, I, I went coon hunting for the first time the other day. I went coyote hunting with dogs for, you know, the third time I've ever been in my life. And, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, people are learning along with me. And I think that that is something that people enjoy. They like yep. to feel yeah. like they're learning with the, the person. I've, yeah. Back to your coyote hunt. I've never seen a coyote hunt done that way before where you guys were driving around those back roads and like, uh-huh. you know, you have a truck cutting them off here and then dogs are running them across the field and they're oh, on wow. CB radios, tell them they're north of you, yeah. east of you. I'm like, I, I'd never seen that before ever. So that was... I mean, that was interesting just to watch yeah. a different style of hunting, you know? So that's pretty cool, man. Right. And I think that's what it's about. Yeah, that, I've just, I've been really excited because um, I will say, I, I told all the THP guys, but I'd say the, the biggest issue with uh, the hunting public I had was that we had to deer hunt every day. You know, <laughs> here in Georgia, there was a thousand squirrels. I wanted to go squirrel hunting. <laughs> you know, I wanted to just go see if we could slaughter some hogs. You know, there, there was just, so many opportunities out outside and I didn't want to limit myself to mm. doing one thing. I wanted to show all different aspects. And that, that coyote video turned out super cool because I'd never really been. And all of a sudden the guys are chasing coyotes across the field and there's trucks going 50 miles an hour down a gravel road. It was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Do you, uh, I, I do think that you compared to some of the other interns have, uh, made thp kind of branch out a little more like i saw there was a duck hunt on there i think you guys went to kansas um on the thp channel so so i think you really did bring your different style of hunting to you know a show that was primarily deer hunting so that's pretty cool yeah definitely i those guys those guys had been waterfowl hunting i don't know if you're familiar with john lewis who used to do cabela's northern flight he was an intern at midwest whitetail so they used to waterfowl hunt a lot um, and then when they started the show, they were just so focused on deer content, they didn't do anything else. And now that they've really got the deer content down, they're like, it's so nice, we can go out and do other things. So yeah, they, they had a lot of fun. We went duck and goose hunting a couple of times, went squirrel hunting a couple of times. It was it was fun. Yeah, I'm more of a deer hunter. Well, Brett and I probably are both more mm-hmm. deer hunters of the family. And then Rick over here, he, uh, he could care less about a deer. He uh. just wants to kill ducks. <laughs> It, it pains me to sit in a stand, man. I, I can't do it. Even his brother, Bo. <laughs> but we are uh, we are going down to Tennessee this week, uh, leaving yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, try to kill some birds off of. Okay, I'm about that. Yeah, off some public um, land down there. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. There was a lot of ducks down there when we went down there to deer hunt. Yeah, and uh, I just couldn't believe like the, the sheer amount of blinds that were like on the big water. It didn't look like all of them were hunted every year. It looked like some of them were abandoned, but it seemed like there was a duck, a duck blind, you know, every whatever thousand yards on the lakes down there. Yeah, that's pretty much how it's going to be at this public lake we're going to. I think, I think you have to 
I'm not actually. I don't even know how it works. Like you're, it's a public lake, but you have rights to that blind. I guess I, have no I don't because we have to get permission to hunt these blinds that are on public lakes, and then there's other public areas we can go hunt too. Uh, with layout blinds, we're gonna try to shoot some geese too. But yeah, I, this is it's gonna be new for me. I haven't done anything like this. We'll before. have to follow up with Gary because he and his family own a blind on that real foot for years and years and years. Yeah, I don't decades, think he has it yeah. anymore. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be a it's gonna be an experience. We'll definitely let you know how yeah, it goes. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope so. So, Ethan, uh, you explained your 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 YouTube channel. If you want to say it again here in a second, and then what what are your your goals for the channel, and like what do you want to achieve, and uh, your vision, all that stuff. Yeah. So my YouTube channel is called Gucci TV. Um, I haven't really thought about goals. Um, you know, right now I'm just focused on creating relatable content and that would i'd say that's just been my biggest um probably worry is that i make content that people enjoy and that people um can relate to and so i've i've had a lot of fun responding to comments and, and hearing i know Corey has watched a couple of my first videos and was um you know giving me advice on on that and so really the the last two months has just been a complete learning curve. I, I feel like I've grown a lot as, as far as um, the editing goes and as far as my, my filming strategy. But um, I'd say my goal is just to keep learning and, and getting better because it seems like every hunt, and I'm sure you can agree, Corey, it, it seems like every hunt you film and edit, you, you learn and you look back and, and you think, oh, I could have done this differently and made the video better. Or, you know, I really wish I would have had the camera on for this. And, um, yeah, so right now I'm just really, I'm really focused on just making good content. I've, I've found, um, it seems like the higher, um, the higher end production hasn't necessarily meant that people are going to enjoy it more um, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, my more basic <laughs> yep. videos. Agreed, hundred percent. Um, yeah, my more basic videos that um, have some explaining in it that people can relate to, and then as long as it moves really well um that's been good and as far as growth of the channel goes um i mean it seems like if i post um content that people enjoy i've i have had no problem um getting people to watch and so that's reassuring for me i was worried oh, i'd say that, yeah um, i was worried at the beginning that um you know i might just be doing all of it in vain but yeah it seems like people aren't enjoying it and uh there's people watching so yeah i know uh Ethan, you sent me some of those videos uh, prior to you releasing them on YouTube and just asked my feedback, and I thought they were great. You know, I, I mean, there was a few things that we talked about, and I think that that has improved in your latest videos, and I noticed more and more of your videos just keep getting better. So, you know, I just want to say keep it up because people are loving it. I mean, you, you're growing very fast and getting a lot of positive feedback. I'm sure, there's always some some negative people out there. There always will yeah. be. But uh, for the most part, everything that I've seen has been all positive. So uh, just keep it up. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I'll I'll, uh, I'll say is some people don't know how to hunt at all. They just they look on YouTube to learn. So when you have a show like that, even if it's basic and just the how-tos, you know, like uh, I know one day you were talking about traffic birds versus destination fields, like, you know, a lot of people don't know what that means, so don't, don't, uh, don't pretend. Or what's the word I'm looking for here? Don't act like it's not okay to say something like that because there's a lot of people that have no idea. So you might know what it is, and your buddies might know what it is, but just pretend like 
nobody else does. Nope. So yeah, right. I I actually had a a cool a cool talk with Aaron about that. Um, and it's definitely a fine line, but um, like you said, I think I think your average user of YouTube wants to learn something while they're watching. Hunting is no longer it's not just entertaining to watch a big deer die. You know, now people want to know how you did it, and um, that's been in the last couple of weeks, um, the hardest thing for me is like slow down during the hunt and explain like why these geese didn't finish or, um, you know, why, why do we set the decoys like that? Because I, I think that, you know, most people know that, but they don't. Right. Just like in a THP video, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about deer hunting. So every time I watch a video and Aaron explains something, I understand now what's going on. So that, that has been a, 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 ordeal trying to slow down and explain what's going on right and that's that's i like how you brought that up because our philosophy you know we've talked about for a long time now is the ability to bring people along with you because there's i think with any industry this is is an issue but i think with the outdoors and especially with like the, the hunting industry is it's there's a lot of timidity there because people don't because you ask somebody and they're like why don't you know that or you know they they try to play like they've been like they're the top boss or whatever. So it's, it's intimidating. And I think it's, it's a great model. It's an absolute fantastic model to say, Hey, this is why we're doing a, B and C. And it, we didn't do a and C. So we got the result of D when we could have gotten E as a result, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, yes, I think that's honestly, that that's the way you succeed in this industry. And I, I truly believe I, I'm not a hunting expert by any stretch of the imagination, and I do go to videos like that to to learn. So, yep, they can be very beneficial. I think again, that's you know why THP and some of the other shows are are so successful because they they explain it from beginning to end. They build a story without having to be flashy, and I think that's right. what people want to see. I mean, that's what I yeah, was drawn so to. It's basic, like I say, it's yeah. it's primal. It's just. Back to the basics. I got so tired of doing the same shots every time I was in a tree stand. You film their <laughs> boots, their hat, the, you know, get a real close-up shot of the bark and then do the focus ring and, you know, you switch it out. It was all the same. I mean, there were cool shots, but it, it was boring. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what they wanted. They wanted the flashy and montage. I, and I hunting is what I And thought. I can't stay in the five minutes of uh, action shots of, before you even getting onto the action to the, the duck blind, it's like established shots of the sun coming right. up and the yeah. space lapse of the stars. I'm like, just I don't care, but I don't want to see four wheeler go through the mud for five minutes. Like, just <laughs> give me the duck <laughs> we blind. Wanna, viewers want to <laughs> pretend like they're in the blind yeah. with you or Absolutely. in the field with you in the layout. Like they want to pretend like they're right next to you. So they like to see the banter back and forth between your buddies. Exactly. You know, they want to. They want to see all of the the goofy moments when someone completely whiffs at a goose that they shouldn't have. <laughs> like that's that's what people want because we've all been there. Anyone who's hunted has been there, mm-hmm. so they can relate. And then people that haven't hunted, it's just good TV. It is, <laughs> and you can learn while you're in that situation. Right. You don't have to like say, okay, is that a is that a can am going through the mud? Yeah. Is that a haunt? Like what is it? You know, I don't care about that. That's uh, been something I've really focused on because. Um, probably about six months ago, I, I just completely quit watching waterfowl hunts and deer hunts on YouTube. I, I really just, I couldn't stand, I guess the people I was watching were so not with you. the right people, but, um, 
now like I've got a hard and fast rule in my YouTube videos. Like if we have not like shot or something really interesting hasn't happened within the first three or four minutes, like we got to figure something out for the video. Like <laughs> as the content creator, you, and I don't know if people don't realize this, but you've got a responsibility of with someone's time and people come to trust, you know, that you're going to bring them something that's quality. And so, um, you know, like you said, I, I, I watch Realtree, um, Dr. Duck and, uh, you know, the hunt might be like two minutes long and we'll watch like 16 minutes of this, the whole setup of the hunt. I would so much rather watch two minutes of the setup and watch 16 minutes of ducks working because they'll have these amazing hunts that should be super long and they're not. And so that's people, yeah. like you said, people want to feel like they're there hunting. They don't want to, um, you know, see all these cool cinematic shots of you throwing a decoy and it's splashing water. It's, <laughs> it's like, we've seen it yeah. a million Just times. Just give me a Rut Daniels throw of the, of <laughs> the decoys. Twice. Didn't go twice. And then that's it, man. <laughs> that's all we need. But yeah, you're, I mean, I don't know how many videos you guys have seen of Ethan's, but they're action packed right all right i mean it's just you know duck after duck after yeah. duck and there's duck videos and of course geese same way yeah i, I love mean, the shots that you guys do where it's like first person shooter like you had the crosshairs and you mm -hmm. see the goose go down after the shot for i love that, that yeah yeah for those that don't know what kind of camera I, is that yeah so that's called a shot cam um you can use a tactical cam that's what we had originally tactical cam is definitely your cheaper option on that um, but it doesn't zoom in as far and it doesn't have the reticle. Like it looks like the crosshair. Um, there's one of my buddies that has it and he's probably the best shot of all of us. So it works out that he has it, but, um, it films in 120 frames. So really all that means is it films in slow-mo and, um, it's so cool. We, we, it has some trouble in cold weather, especially if we're out all day. But um, somebody had commented yesterday, like, it feels like I'm playing a video game when I watch it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it feels like actually they're, like, shooting. And the thing that I have loved the most about it, it, it was originally made for skeet shooters to be mm. able to see how they were missing birds or um, be able to track the, the clay. Um, and we have learned so much about shooting um, from having that. And uh, at the end of the year, I'm actually going to, I have a compilation of all those shot cams, misses and all. And I'm hoping to make a video about talking about um, either w why it was a good shot or, or why he missed the bird. It, it's the, it's the, probably the coolest camera we have when it works. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, I, I love seeing that. I noticed uh, even GoPro I was using when we were hunting some uh, public land. It was really cold that morning. It didn't want to work right either, so. When they don't work, it's it's really yeah. hard to get content. Yeah, it just drained the battery I, uh, that one morning. Yeah, instantly. Yeah, I will say, just uh, GoPro had a a deal on a GoPro Nine. They were only three hundred and fifty bucks, and I got one of them, and uh, it is super cool. My most recent video, well, they haven't been posted yet, but I've been using them a ton in my most recent videos, and they're they're the real deal. That's awesome. So, so I was going to ask if no one else had any questions, I was going to ask what's been your uh, craziest or funniest uh, bloopers or uh, mishaps on a hunt that you had to learn quick or, you know, like it was like an uh, yeah. oops. <laughs> this is funny. I've never been asked this too, but people don't know it, but 
um, I was in Tennessee and we were muzzleloader hunting and uh, Ted and I were up next to this tree and these two does came running at us and um, this was right before I shot my buck and uh, Ted was on it and I didn't have a shot and then I was on it and Ted didn't have it on camera so it was just one of those deals we couldn't get lined up to get you know the shot right and uh it was just a doe so we wanted to make sure obviously that it was on camera well and the doe ran off and uh i had my muzzle i stood up and i had my muzzle loader pointed at the ground and i looked back at ted and i had a big pair of gloves on and i pulled the trigger and the muzzle loader went off oh. just scared, just scared you know scared me like crazy i mean it and ted had the camera rolling for it so that footage is not is it sealed in a vault far, somewhere but, yeah, <laughs> but, um yeah that was by far i mean it was just it, it was scary um you know looking back on it it's funny now but it you know it's just so scary how fast stuff like that can happen yeah, no and kidding obviously yeah. i i hunt a lot and uh you know i obviously try to be as careful as possible but sometimes stuff just happens it does and, and i was gonna say like as you were saying that you could use that video as like a educational thing like Absolutely. hunting's not all yeah uh rainbows and roses all day you know it's rainbows and roses because <laughs> <laughs> i remember Corey and i we were hunting one year in a, a, a double tree stand and he had leaned his thirty thirty against the gate and I lifted up on it or something on accident. And that sucker, that thirty thirty, fell straight down on the barrel, like on the, the stock ground up. Yeah. I thought I was going to get shot up through the rear, but that was yeah, scary. That was really scary. So yeah, stuff like that happens. You don't even, that's crazy though. Thankfully it did not go off. Yeah. But. You hunt enough stuff like that's going to happen. And, um, I think that's where, um, which it just didn't fit in the video. We actually didn't run into anything else that day, mm. but um, that's where, I don't know, it may come up on a summer blooper video. They had one of those last year, so I don't know. But um, I do think that's where kind of the relatability comes in. If you can be yeah. um, you know, humble enough to show just an honest mistake of a gun accidentally going off, you're probably going to get reamed in the comments by people. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there's yeah. there's a responsibility to uh, to show some of that stuff and show people, you know, that there are things that can happen during hunting, just like there's things that can happen during anything. Yep. Yeah. So for a lot of people want to know, is Zach really that wiry all the time, or is that uh is that a show? <laughs> I would not say it's a show. <laughs> um, I, he's definitely not like that all the time, but um, I would say he's the the most. Uh, how do I phrase it? He's the person. He's all most per, like the biggest person I know that gets amped up to hunt. Like, um, you know, I get excited and like I think it's awesome, but most of that stuff comes after like something happens mm -hmm. or we have a successful hunt or whatever. I mean, he gets wound up and it's i mean it's him but he also just like cranks coffee like that's not a joke like the first thing he does when he wakes up in the morning is just crank just straight black coffee and you know come come an hour after light he's just amped so no that's not that's not fake and I would say he genuinely is like that 90 95% of the time i mean it's like you know there's times where he's not but yeah. he's like that it's like the opening day of 
deer season or opening day of duck season for everybody, but every single day, yeah. <laughs> all season long, no matter if it's in Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota. What what state was it that him and uh, I think you guys were watching from above him, yeah, but him and Jake, Dakota. was that North Dakota? Yeah. They, they crawled up on this bedded buck from like, I don't know, 400 yards away or something. Yeah, that was nuts. Shot it within 20 yards. I mean, it's crazy. This guy... One of the best hunters I've ever seen. Lives and breathes, baby. I mean, all of those guys are, but but Zach can how he can sneak up on a deer just blows me away. But it's that enthusiasm. Absolutely. It's that it's it's that drive that gets people to watch and like they're they're honest and real. But dude, he he'll go through the mud. He'll oh, go yeah. he'll go through the water. Like yeah. it's crazy, man. He'd probably sleep <laughs> next to a deer all night if it meant he would get a shot at it the next morning. Like that's <laughs> just out in the middle of nowhere. Guy's hardcore. Zach is, I like. I will say about Zach, which I think a lot of people notice from watching the show, he doesn't want to do what's mainstream ever. Like that's good. He will purposely do something just to do it because no one else is doing it, and that like that's just Zach's personality. And uh, you know, it definitely can get. I, I think with all of the guys, because none of the other guys are really like that, it can get um, frustrating because Zach will just like think of something completely out of the box because he wants to kill it that way because no one else is doing it. But it also just leads to like some of, I mean, he, I would say that most viewers would say his hunts are like the most entertaining because it's just like, he's doing something that's really crazy most well, of the time. He gives you, I mean, he gives people confidence to try something different. I mean, I know when it first started Absolutely. out, everyone was into the hang and hunt stuff and then that was too heavy. So then everyone went to the saddle and then Zach and, well, all of you this year pretty well go, you know what? Forget the saddle. We'll just kill them from the ground. <laughs> went from ghillie suits to not even ghillie suits anymore. They're just well, the video setting I saw, up they on a trail. T-shirts. Like, they yeah, just... just shoot them off the ground. I don't know how many videos I watched this year of them shooting a deer off the ground with a bow. I mean, I don't know. I, I w- if you would have asked me before this year if you can kill that many deer on the ground with a bow, I'd have said, I, I don't know, a couple maybe. But they uh, they made a liar out of me. They can kill him. <laughs> I filmed two of the thirteen. I filmed were from a tree stand. Wow. The rest are from a gun. I think and you uh, set a record, didn't you, for most uh, yeah most kills on camera? Which is just funny because it's like I don't you know they would always turn around while they're hunting and ask my opinion on something, and I I never I never knew what to do. You know I was never like confident that this is what we needed to do. So. 90% of the time, I was just like, I don't care. Like, you got you to do what you want to do. <laughs> yep, and, sounds good. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, that's exactly what I say. And um, ended up working out. I mean, like you said, they're good enough hunters. They don't need, oftentimes, they don't need advice from others. You know, they have in their mind what they're going to do. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But but it's great they're willing to ask, though, you know. Like, that's, yeah. that just shows yeah, they're always willing to learn, too. That's something I never ever got when i was filming so that's just take that in man because yeah. i was <laughs> i never got treated that way no one ever asked my opinion or <laughs> or even made me feel like i belong there they just wanted me to make sure i got the perfect shot or i was fired <laughs> so I was say, there's right. a big contrast between yeah, his I, experience and yours yeah two totally different experiences i mean earlier on like this the i, I guess I call them smaller shows it was more fun a little more laid back than the Higher up you went, I uh, won't name names, but the higher up business. I got, it was all business, and yeah, you were just you were there to film. 
That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it better be I good. I was really thankful, and I, I quickly realized as soon as I started how just good of a guy they were. And, you know, you can believe what you want from YouTube. I think most guys think they're good guys, but they're as good guys as the show portrays. I mean, they're just genuinely good guys. They genuinely cared that I had fun. And, uh, I mean, they let me hunt for God's sakes. Like I, I signed <laughs> yeah. the internship to go and film them and there was multiple times they let me hunt. So, um, it was a great experience. Those guys are really good guys. Do you guys have any questions? Any? I think... Oh, I could go on for hours, I'm sure, <laughs> but I, I know you got school in the morning, so I guess we can wrap this oh, up. But... Yeah, whatever you guys want up. I'll keep answering questions, or <laughs> you guys can talk a little bit. I don't care. Yeah. Um, what's been the biggest takeaway you have from mm-hmm. from this whole entire experience, like from beginning to now? Yeah, I I would say it was mostly just to be adaptable. Um, I don't know if you guys listened to my podcast with Zach, but it was all about the internship. And um, there's so many different personalities with the hunting public. Um, you know how you have Greg that's um, a little bit older. He wants to most of the time sit in a tree stand. Um, and then you have Zach who's wild and, you know, wants to run up a hill. And then, of course, you're you're staying in a tent most of the time. Uh, a lot of times you don't have cell reception. There's just a lot of things that could very easily get um, maybe overwhelming or 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 might put you in a bad mood or. Um, it was pretty easy to wake up with the wrong attitude. And I quickly learned that that was not going to make the experience fun. And I, I saw those guys and they woke up every day, most days, obviously, with, uh, you know, just a good attitude. And they were just really adaptable. Plans changed. Um, there was times they filled their buck tag in one day and were completely had just drove. In, like I drove to North Dakota from Missouri. And was there for like 12 hours and Zach killed the buck and then we drove back home. And then, you know, there's other times we hunted. I went to Wisconsin for 14 days straight and we didn't even see a buck. And so, you know, whether you're on the highest of highs or the lowest of lows, you know, you just wake up with a good attitude. And um, that was probably the biggest takeaway is just learning how to be adaptable and learning to wake up every day with a good attitude. Yeah. That can be difficult. And I know what you mean by the quick turnaround. I went to Saskatchewan, Canada. It was like 32 hours, I think. We were hunting in Indiana at the time. Maybe Illinois. I don't remember. But we drove 32 hours one way to Saskatchewan. He killed in two days. We turned around at that night he killed and went back to Illinois or Indiana to hunt that following evening. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. That would be rough. It was rough. That sounds terrible. But yeah, that's that's some good insight. I mean, the reason why we do this, one, is to do similar to what you guys are doing with the video stuff, is we're wanting to share with people that may not know or maybe just want to learn a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate you coming on here for that side, uh, just to give people a little bit of uh, encouragement to yeah. try something new. I mean, whether that's trying a different hunting tactic or just trying to hunt in general, uh, we just right. want to get people in the outdoors and... Uh, if you don't have private land, clearly you can hunt public land, and there's plenty of it around. Uh, and that's what these guys have made, you know, so popular. Probably almost a little too popular in some spots. <laughs> I mean, how many times did you guys show up to a spot? Probably one of their uh, quote-unquote like 
you know, secret spots that there's all of a sudden vehicles there that probably didn't used to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I could not believe um the amount of times like I mean on on public land there was rarely a person that we would run into that didn't know who we were. And a lot of the times, which you know, we don't mind because we're we're opening ourselves up to that, but a lot of the times they would say I recognize this spot because of the video. Oh, really? And um yeah, and especially in Iowa. Um there's a, a lot of guys that not a, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's a, some diehard deer hunters in Iowa and um I'm sorry, my phone's going out. <laughs> You're all right. There's some <laughs> diehard deer hunters in um Iowa and there was four different instances we showed up to a spot to hunt that they had killed a buck at prior and they had known about the spot because of the video well you talk about adaptation uh for you know the last couple years it's probably been their honey holes and now they're having to work extra hard and then they go like this year probably been one of their best years yet like they've killed so many bucks so to be able to adapt to that move to a different area and still find them just goes to show what you know how good of a hunter they really are Mm -hmm. but i thought it was bizarre i was in I was at the Iowa Deer Classic last March, and I have some good buddies from uh, Deer Society that were at a booth right next to the hunting public. So I was hanging out with Deer Society and then went over and introduced myself to Aaron and talked to him, and I was blown away. People were coming up and getting his, I mean, getting autographs. Like, I I didn't know that was a thing. Like, <laughs> I was sitting there talking to him, and he had to keep interrupt, getting interrupted by guys who wanted autographs. I'm like, man, that is the coolest thing ever to sign autographs for these kids. I mean, not even kids. They're like men. I mean, <laughs> it was bizarre, but you know, that's when I realized how, you know, how big these guys yeah. really were. So just thought that was neat. Yeah. I, I mean, it was real weird for me. Um, still is weird. My, my sister was um, at a restaurant the other you know, Saturday in uh, Indiana and she had just a huge farm shirt on and some guy came up to her and asked if uh, she knew me because of his her huge farm shirt and it was just like so weird I I mean it just says huge farms it's not like it says the hunting public or anything like right. that and some guy had come up and asked her just because she had a huge farm shirt on so it's cool to see that those guys um, you know they're not just public you know, hunting public figures there, people were, you know, seem to really respect them and yeah. respect what they're doing. And that's, that's cool that the hunting public carries that kind of uh, attitude about them. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Hopefully they keep that up Yep. because that's why I do believe that's why they have so many fans and, you know, so much viewership is because of how laid back and we've said it a bunch of times on this episode, but relatable they are. Yeah. Yeah. Brett, did you have any questions? I was going to ask, since I just now thought about it, is it harder to film for waterfowl hunts or deer hunts? That's a good question. Um, I think that waterfowl hunts are harder, but I may just be biased. Um, I agree. The deer hunts from the ground are hard. Um, you know, like if we're spot stalking with Zach, that's hard because stuff happens like so fast. It's just like waterfowl hunting. Yeah. But, um, Stuff happens so fast, you've got to pretty much have the camera recording anytime you think something could happen. Um, but the water, I mean, a, the, the goose hunts are easy because we, we call at them and it's like, okay, we know something's coming in. You can look through the viewfinder and see what's happening. But 
those the duck hunts are what's been the biggest challenge. Yeah. Like, to get a good duck hunt on film has been really hard because they move fast, they don't make a whole lot of noise. And uh, then the other thing too is like exposing it correctly, just like mm-hmm. getting the right lighting when it's so bright outside is is really hard. It's either yeah. overexposed or it's too dark. And it's changing yeah. while they're flying. Yeah. Like you got to keep the camera on them, be exposing it, and have the focus. And it's it's just tough. Yeah. Do you run manual focus on waterfowl, or do you just keep it at auto? I have man. Like I think this is opposite from what other people do. I have auto. I usually run auto exposure, manual focus. Hmm. Um, and I found that my my camera exposes it correct ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, I. So, I always ran manual focus, but I can't. I can't remember if I did auto focus when I did that snow goose hunt or not. Because I don't even know how you. I mean, how do you even see them in the viewfinder if they're in focus or not? I mean, I know you got those little red deals yeah, on the we, viewfinder. I, snow goose is snow goose is going to be really hard because they're white. Right. So it's like they're they look like the sky essentially. Yeah. I've never filmed a snow goose hunt, but I I think I'm going to Arkansas uh, the seventh. I posted that on my story. See if I can film somebody. Nice. Um, so I think I'm gonna go do that. But um, yeah, I just peek. Um, I you just have the that red peak and mm-hmm. outline. Yeah. But what I've told my buddies is, if you have it on infinity, you know, if you just roll your focus all the way to the farthest it can focus, the a bird's gonna be in focus ninety percent of the time. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's what I've been doing. Well, I was going to say, Ethan, down, but... since your camera catches it 90% of the time, we shoot about 90% on our duck hunts. So <laughs> if you want to come on out, I think. That. <laughs> Man, that, that time it passed was a little rough at Ooh. times. We could have limited it out by probably 10 o'clock, but there was some, yeah, there was some bad shooting going on around here. <laughs> I started out great and it got worse as I went on. We did get, uh, I, I didn't tell you that, we did get pulled over by a game warden when we got out. Yeah, well, I got a stupid ticket. Yeah, he got he got a ticket. Yeah, for uh, not signing the stamp, man. Yeah, he didn't sign the front of his federal stamp. The the front I, of it, like I had a, get I had out of here. Buddies get caught not doing that, and they didn't. They got a warning. Of course they did. I also yeah. didn't sign mine, but since I had proof that I bought my federal stamp through the North Dakota Game and Fish website, because when we were supposed to go to North Dakota, they let me off with a warning because it was proof that it was me. But he bought his at the post office, so he couldn't prove it. The end of Grand Pass. Yeah, I mean, but, but it's all fixed. It's all good to go. <laughs> we got to fix it. Yeah, it's just unfortunate stuff like that happens. Yeah. yeah. Remember that episode of when Ted shot and missed that turkey and he just, like, disappeared? Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of how I was at the end of my duck hunt. Because <laughs> yeah. at first I was knocking him down at 45, 50 yards, and then I just needed one more mallard to get my mallard limit or whatever. And they were, like, at five yards. I could not. Hit a bird, I I just about yeah. had it. Yeah, he's done. I already had my six. I had uh three or yeah, three drakes, Susie, shoveler, and a pintail. Yeah, and I get chewed out because I shot the Susie. <laughs> There's like ten birds, and the one I picked out and be like, who shot the Susie? <laughs> the green I limits mean, hard. I was man. happy because I saw a redhead. That was really nice. I saw yeah. a redhead. Yeah, he saw a redhead there. And my the brother past. missed it. I was. Had my pants down, <laughs> and a redhead flew right over. <laughs> well, Ethan, uh, I guess we'll wrap up here. Is there anything you want yeah, to say? Uh, introduce like like all your social media if you have it, and all that stuff. Like, shout out for the world. Yeah, sure. Um, gosh, 
Get off the podcast. <laughs> right, Time here. to go to bed. Gosh, dang. I don't know how to turn my text notifications off on my phone. I mean, on my computer. Um, it's okay. Anyway, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram if you want. Uh, it's just Ethan Gucci Ethan. I don't know. I came up with that name in my middle school. So I don't know why I repeat my first name twice. Um, like I said, my YouTube channel is Gucci TV. Um, if for some reason you're not, check out the Hunting Public too. Could you spell your name uh, just really for them? Just for yeah, your my last name. Oh my. Sorry, yeah, just all of it. What did he say? I'm sorry. Uh, your last <laughs> name. I was. It, I don't know if, if it's a U or O. You know, for people that they don't they don't know. So. To spell yeah, out Gucci last... TV. Oh, I got you. Sorry, yeah, man. <laughs> no, I know. I, people spell people spell Gucci all different ways. I, yeah, my YouTube channel is Gucci TV. That's G O O C H I E T V. It's not like the the handbag brand Gucci. So that, <laughs> people people have texted me uh, and asked them. I can't find your YouTube channel, and they were spelling it the, the wrong yeah. way. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a blast. I'd definitely do it again if you guys wanted me to. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. And uh, you can find us at Barnhill Outdoors Podcast. Is that how it is on mm-hmm. YouTube? And then on Instagram, we are Barnhill underscore underscore OD underscore podcast. Podcast. And we, we don't have Twitter anymore. Yeah, we get rid Dunzo. of Twitter. Bye-bye, Twitter. <laughs> See ya. Twitter's so, too confusing for me. Yeah. I've never been on Twitter. In fact, I only got Instagram like six months ago when we started this thing, and I still yeah. don't know how to use it very well. I put all the little hearts on certain things. And <laughs> that's about it. All right, guys. Well, Ethan, again, thanks for coming out or coming on to the show and talking, and it was a blast, and we look forward to having you on sometime soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Have a good night. <laughs>